Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son on Booking the Territory podcast. Who <laughs> messy this is professional wrestler Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Wicker Man. Tell my people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss Booking the Territory. Oh, yeah. This is a one man gang. You're listening to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Booking the Territory, the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. For today, it's our birthday month. We celebrate seven years of BTT, and those of you who have been along for the ride the entire time, welcome in, and for the rest of you, we're glad you found us. Special shout out to Chris Sapita because he'll just try to give me a hard time. He always does. But he's been one of those ones, along with T Hog, who have been around since the glory days of the first episode. Doc, let me welcome you in. It's just me and you. Uh, we had some scheduling conflicts, and it actually might be a little fitting that it is you and I on the actual birthday episode. But uh, how are you? Uh, happy birthday to us, man. We de- I, Nobody deserves this more than us. That's what I'm going <laughs> to say. <laughs> too early for me to be laughing like that already, man. But okay, nobody well, deserves it. We deserve this. Deserves. Like, I'm trying like, to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out how our women <laughs> say these kinds of things without breaking into laughter, you know? it's like when 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 you know i'm just saying i'm not trying to just know, say, say it stop not trying to classify women in this way but i laugh so hard when my wife tells me about her friends that post things on social media and you know they got a new car that's 80 grand and they got this that costs this much and they're on social media and the friends are chiming in the peanut gallery. You deserve it, girl. You deserve it. <laughs> Congratulations on, I'm assuming, giving yourself a seven to $800 car note. I don't know, man. I don't get into people's finances. I probably shouldn't say it like that. But it's funny because the, the peanut gallery chimes in. You deserve it. Get out of here. Lovely. Lovely, huh? So... It's been seven years. How many podcasts last this long? Not many, man. Well, and here's the thing. Even if they last that long, how many can say every single week, along with three years and nine months, they put out a show? Uh, They put out two shows. Like, we've, we've hit every single week, and then on top of every single week, we've also had a three year, nine month run with Smokey where there were two shows every week. Which was the fucking hardest grind of all time. Well, we are. The, the interesting thing about that is, is that we are here on a Friday morning, which, you know, we had to, the scheduling snafus. And, and again, that's part of the journey of these last seven years is figuring out normal life. Yep. Uh, we're not sponsored. We don't have a network. It, it's all 
what is it? Um, we're FUBU. For right? Fios, that's funny. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're black owned and black op. Oh, well, black white owned and black operated, right? No, technically black owned. Um, we won't. I don't need to get into the finances of that or the reasoning or the legalities, but we, we'll we'll have a chat about that later after the show. Um, <laughs> we were technically black and white owned, I guess, but, but um, we are we are back here on a Friday morning. And we spent, you know, over three years, it seems, or two years, two years, doing Smoky Mountains on Friday mornings every other Friday morning. Yeah, sometimes ever again, never again. It was, it was too, it was too much. I mean, but we signed up for it. We said we would do it, and we just plowed through it. I mean. It, it wasn't a lot like other it was, podcasts it wasn't try to do stuff like this, and they don't make it through the whole way. We finished the job. Hey, yeah. and if you're wondering, like, what's the future of BTT? Just know this: Mike and I, the menace, and I were talking. I think yesterday, and we're talking about what are we going to do when Nitro comes on the scene. That is four years out, but we had a strategic planning session where we did some visioning exercises. And uh, really looked at, you know, what we want to be in the future. And we talked about it. So we're here for the long haul. We're here until y'all all go away. Some people, uh, the non-patrons are going to be mad. What? The vision that we discussed. Oh. With well, the intros. let's just say that, that as the business changes, we must change with it. Yeah. I mean, it's not the worst thing, but... Um... And, and we got to say, you know, when we started this, we did not have a hard body Harper in mind because let's be clear, who could? No, he's a, he, he is. How many podcasts time, have a superstar fall in their lap? Well, you see, that's the thing I was about to say. It, you know how you and I are very calculated in life. We don't do anything without generally planning it out and making sure and double checking um, things like that. And I'll give you an example, you know, doc ain't hurting for money or anything, but there was a time he and I went to a, a Mavericks game and doc is sitting there and he, he tells me after the fact, he's like, I really sat there and thought about, do I really want to spend $26 on two tickets? And, and that's, that's docking me to a T like we will think and think and think and go, nah, you know what? Let, let's do it. That, that's not that much. I've said that's... this before on the show. If I get up to Lowe's and I have stuff that I knew I needed when I left the house, like not just fun purchases, but like bee Need. spray <laughs> and like a shovel to do a job outside. I'll get up there and go, did I really need this? Every time. Yeah. And, and what the, where I was going with that, with the planning is, Doc and I generally are very big planners ahead. You know, we need to know like what time we're going to record. That's why we try to set it for the same time every week, even though there are weeks like this week where we have to adjust things. But Doc and I are very much the same as, as far as time goes. We're always on time. We're very militant. Neither one of us are military, but we're, we're always, we, we damn near are just from a time perspective. I mean, we are very, very strict with the time. Hey, if I tell you I'm going to record at seven, you, I'm going to be ready at 650. Maybe even earlier. But the point I want to make is there was no vision or planning for Harper. I knew who Harper was um, from my relationship with Luke and Wildcat. 
And I knew Harper was good at what he did on the indies, but Harper and I really didn't know each other. We may have crossed paths and hey, how you doing at a Wildcat show or two because Wildcat started a few years before BTT, but I didn't know him, know him. And just, I saw something just watching him doing commentary. I was like, Doc had a family emergency. He had to step out for a week. And I was like, let me just see, you know, I've been telling Harper I wanted to get him on the show. Let me, let me see if he wants to do it this week. I texted Harper on Wednesday, maybe a Thursday. I can't remember the day actually now. Hey, hey do you want to do <laughs> BTT tonight? Um, yeah. And with no hey. prep, like, like he always does. What no do we prep. do here? Yeah. He was like, yeah, I'll do it. And he came on and the rest is history. That was like December of 2015, maybe November. So here we are. So, but there was no planning to the point you made no planning. It just, it happened, stumbled upon it and God, thank God it did. He's not here today, but uh, we'll get his take on the birthday month next week. Don't worry. What a great lesson in life though. Even if you're a planner and you, you plan the fun out of things like we do, you have to be ready when life hands you a gift to take it. Bro, it was a hell of a gift. Here's the thing, and, and we've alluded to this or messed around with it before. Harper and I have never met in person. Never. That might change this year, but we don't know yet. We're, we're still, yeah. They've never met in person. And so all that chemistry, I got to tell you, it took a while. If, you, if you've been with us, it was not easy to figure out a guy like Harper on air that you don't know that, that that's him. And do it well on the fly. It was tough. Took a while. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, y'all y'all never met, so y'all didn't know each other's quirks and all that stuff. Even though when you get and I gotta say, area. you know, like we don't have near as much drama, I think, as people might think we do. But it's it, me, brother. It, it's still on a <laughs> shut up. I hate you. Uh, see how easy that is, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I still get upset with Harper on a damn near weekly basis when it's 10 minutes after time to record and we ain't started because he's off doing Harper stuff. But you have to understand, <laughs> that's part of what makes Harper Harper. It's what makes him him. He and it's what counterbalances you and me. Yeah. Because we're too he, airtight, brother. In some ways, but there's ways where we're we're really not. Because we, when, when we actually record, like, there's no script. It's just on a whim. And you can tell sometimes because, you know, I, edit, I when I listen back, I don't say listen back. When I'm editing the show and putting it together to, to put out there, like, I'll have to listen to chunks. Just make sure, you know, certain things, there's no problems with the audio. Well, you can tell it's unplanned because... You two are the worst. Y'all get extremely sidetracked. And <laughs> I, I notice it, and it'll start, especially when you're drinking. You're talking over me, him. Like, he, he starts making a point. I'm like, dude, let him go. Let him run. You might get a Bigfoot ran out of this. So that's what I'm saying. It, it's completely unplanned, unscripted. It's just us doing, you know, sitting around the table drinking. Well, and, 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 and to that point with unscripted, we're going to do something we don't normally do today. Is that is that correct? We are. So before we say that, let me mention one quick thing or a couple quick things. 
Special shout out to our largest page contributors monthly, Disrespectfully Classy, Marky Blassie, Mike Childry, Joe Ice, good old Justin. Thank you for your generous patronage each and every month. Hopefully you enjoyed Blassie's uh, bonus show a couple weeks back. And then, it was good. Uh, it was good. I, I listened to it. I don't usually listen to the show. I listened to it. It was good. And Blassie's a good dude. Um, very good dude. And I, I could tell he's he he sounded overall, even off air, relieved at the state of where we are with this pandemic or an uh, yes. and all I that i could tell too and i gotta tell you i'm i'm enjoying the the normal life coming back Jeez, i i you know we used to complain about it but then when you lose it for a while it's like man maybe things weren't so bad okay well i have not seen this show we're we're recording early so that we we've got a couple of life events and we're trying to uh, accommodate our families and, and each other so we're early I have not seen this show, but it's got to be a good one because this is going to be the uh, Starcade wrap up. You know, the, the, me... the, 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 the first show after Starcade, I'm sure there's lots of big angles starting, <laughs> lots of uh, exciting angles and, and new debuts and all kinds of cool stuff, right? Well, let me tell you oh. about that. So, okay. That according... doesn't sound good. Well, it's not the worst thing, but there's there's definitely some um, lack of continuity in this. But it's WCW in 1990, so of course mm. we have some lack of continuity. But according to the history of WWE.com, which the guys who run that uh, website do a phenomenal job, it's just text-based, it's nothing fancy, but there's a lot of what I'd call good stuff in there. According to the history of WWE.com, this was filmed or taped on December 11th, mm. I'm sorry, December 4th of 1990 at center stage. So we we filmed this and taped this December 4th of 90 at center stage. And I point that out because that would mean that, I mean, this is a week and 12 days. I'm sorry, not a week and 12 days, but 12 days before Starcade would have even taken place. So keep that in mind as you're seeing what's happening in the ring. The opening, you know, JR continues to have his working boots on in the opening as he recaps what would have been seen on last week's Saturday night, which really had nothing to do with Starcade. JR and Bob are against the green screen with the WCW logo behind them in the opening since it was recorded before Starcade. So them not being in front of the December 4th crowd at center stage will allow them to comment on Starcade. It is obvious, and Doc, I know you didn't see this beforehand, but I did. Uh, it's obvious that they are voicing over the commentary during the show since they comment on Starcade's happenings during the matches. So they're, you know, they would not have been able to speak to those things if this wasn't voiced over after they did Starcade. So that's something to, you know, you're not listening to the audio. You don't hear that in the commentary, but yeah, it's plain as day. They're voicing it over. Um, with that said, we go to the first match, which is Bobby Eaton versus the Italian Stallion. JR is going to remind us that the Stallion is the world pasta eating champion who is really from Italy. <laughs> they put over Bobby as a former successful tag champion. And then mid-match, Santa Claus Norman graces the crowd with his presence. He makes Bobby Eaton look like an idiot because Bobby Eaton, one of the greatest technical wrestlers and one of the great wrestlers of our time, is distracted by his stupidity. And then um, Bobby eventually is punched by Norman on the outside when Bobby approaches Norman. I'm going to try to... I don't have the exact timestamp, Doc, but, you know... I don't understand why they bring out Santa Claus, Norman. It, 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 okay, so here he is coming out. It's just, 
I know he's for the kids, blah, blah, blah. Uh, doc, this, look, look at Bobby. He stops mid-match to, why does he care? Like they make him look stupid. It, this is not Bobby Eaton. What a, what a, look at that trash bag he's got. It's a, it's a clear plastic trash bag. He's got what looks like little small stuffed animals in them. Very, very small ones. Bobby almost gets pinned on a roll-up. Then Bobby goes outside because he's mad at Norman for Beat up Santa Claus. Beat up Santa Claus. Beat up Santa Claus. Oh, Santa Claus is a fighter. Santa punched Bobby. And Bobby, because mm. he's a consummate professional, went with it and sold it. I I'm just... I, I watched this, and I watched this before I knew you weren't going to um, be able to you know, we were going to do it kind of like watch along style. And I'm like thinking to myself, boy, if, and this is before I knew Harper wouldn't be here. I'm like, boy, Harper's going to look at this and just, he's going to give you one of his emphatic. This is fucking stupid. You know how you, it, well, and it is. And <laughs> <laughs> why? Like why? Yeah. There, there is no upside to this. Some fat guy that used to be criminally insane. Who's now a trucker is now Santa norm. And maybe it's not the gimmicks, it's him, you know? No, because in Calgary, you haven't seen it. He, Magazine? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. I mean, don't get me wrong, he ain't freaking the greatest. I'm not trying to say it's a top 10 gimmick and wrestler of all time, but the promos and the stuff with Owen it's it's fine like it's so, not something that would insult you as a pro wrestling fan well that him coming out of santa does but here's I what know. i wonder because you got a, a decent match going in here because you can say whatever you want about the stallion but he's not he's he's capable in the ring but i wonder what bobby's thinking here because you know he's a veteran by now big capital v veteran is he missing the tag team or is he enjoying the... I mean, I'm sure he's missing the guys personally, but is he enjoying the opportunity to wrestle singles? I don't know. So that would be a good question for like Cornette since he knew him so well, or even Stan or, or Dennis. But I think to me, when I look at Bobby Eaton, you know, you've heard a million times, they say he was one of the nicest guys ever. He was too nice for the wrestling business. Um, I think... Just thinking that what I've heard people say about him, I think Bobby is not the type of dude to work himself into a shoot and get upset with any little thing. And I think he just figured, hey, they're they're paying me, you know, Jimmy and Jimmy's gone and Stan's gone, but I'm gonna make a living whatever. out of this and whatever, you know, brother. It's he probably has like an well, Harper gets angry with a lot of stuff, so I can't say he probably has a, a an attitude like Harper where he just kind of goes with the flow. But I really do feel like Bobby is the type of dude that is just going to go with the flow. And let's remember how long he did. Like, this is 90, end of 90. So early, we're getting into early 91. Think about how much longer he's got with this company. So he had to be just, yeah, yeah whatever. They're paying me. I just keep doing what I got to do. Yeah. Because he's there till the end. Uh, like, I think he gets released right before the end, but yeah. That's, okay. Was it what? Okay. I don't know why I'm thinking. All right. But, but even then, I mean, that's, that's two, that's what <laughs> in the 2000. Right. 
Um, so, so we're still a decade away from that right, right. now. So you think about it, it's like, God, this dude's been here. Was it him that Cornette said he, he had the longest tenure with the company? Like straight tenure. I mean, there are other guys who were with like JCP longer, you know, Arn and Flair were, but they had left, you know, WWE at one point. Right. So, but yeah, maybe. That, I mean, I, I remember I him saying that, but I don't. I think it was him. I mean, it's just so when you ask that question, you know, is he Jones? And I'm sure he missed being with Stan and Corn. Yeah. But when you ask the question, well, how did he really? You know, how did he feel? I mean, how did he? You know, did it bother him? And actually, his Wikipedia says. His Wikipedia makes it sound like he left, but that's not my understanding. I was Googling it real quick. Like in 93, he's doing New, New Japan, 93, 94, 95, but and he did Smokey in 93. I don't know why it's saying return to WCW. I may be wrong in this. I think he was had a knee injury. Okay. Maybe. No, I don't know. I don't know. Forget um, that. They make it sound like he did leave, but I could have... Okay, all right. So here's what it says. In the aftermath of the War Games match, um, this is in 92, Zabisco was kicked out of the Dangerous Alliance for causing the Alliance loss. Soon after the Alliance disintegrated, Paul Lee dangerously left WCW. Eaton and Anderson uh, continued to team after the Alliance fell apart, now managed by Michael Hayes. Eaton and Anderson worked in the tag team division until new WCW booker uh, Bill Watts fired Eaton along with a number of other WCW regulars in cost-cutting measures. So... Why am I not remembering that? So maybe we're wrong, but he's not gone long because he's right back after Bill Watts was ousted from his job by uh, in favor of Bischoff in '93. Bisch, uh, Eaton was rehired, so who knows? Uh, I may be wrong there, and please send your hate mail to me or emails to me. Mm-hmm. I don't, ben Martin, you will know this more than I'm not trying to say others won't, but Ben Martin, you'll email me and uh, correct me. Silver will too. But point being. I think Bobby just goes with the flow to answer your question, Doc. Mm, okay. Well, that was a decent start opening match. Wall Street has some words that I'm sure are very generic at that point. Oh, look, Santa's back out there. Yeah, Bobby Eaton, uh, just to recap, he takes a beautiful backdrop. Then Bobby blocks a roll-up and hits the Italian Stallion with a running swing and neckbreaker, and Eaton wins. And uh, Bobby backdrops are just phenomenal. Wall Street did say... York, uh, the, Wall Street and York say we have the stats and information that need that they need to beat uh, Tommy Rich. Wall Street says you can make a bad investment, Rich. I'm going to show you why. Mm. It wasn't terrible, but it was like 20, what 25 the? seconds. Yeah, um, let's go now to Rick Steiner versus Barry Horowitz. Steiner comes out and Santa Norman is still out there parading around. They're ruining the show with the Santa Norman thing. Steiner is celebrating with Norman in the ring before uh, Norman throws. What did that look like, Doc, that he threw in the ring that was red? Uh, Hot Wheels. Okay. I, I, I didn't note it, and I was like, I don't know what the hell is going on. But Barry is distracted by the Hot Wheels. And did the right thing, though. He went over <sighs> as a heel and stomped on it. But he's distracted by it. I know. It's just... I realize the heel is not supposed to be smart always and should be distracted, but why is Norman out there? 
Right. I get That's it. the whole For other the thing kids. is you're making you're making talented people work around him and incorporate him into their crap. Yeah. So Steiner is gonna make pretty quick work of Barry Horowitz. And Horowitz makes him look great. I mean, he's a professional. Steiner hits Horowitz with a belly-to-belly off the turnbuckle. And Steiner is going to pin uh, Barry Horowitz. Yeah. And, I mean, it. I guess it's what it needed to be. Uh, Barry's one of your greater enhancement talents. Now, this, this is- part pissed me off. Rick Steiner does not need Norman to help him pin Barry Horowitz after a finisher. And... St- and Norman comes in and sits on top of Rick Steiner as he's pinning Horowitz. We're 12 and a half minutes in, and there's entirely too much Norman. Bruh. Why? It's just, like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah. All right. There is a post-match promo from Rick Steiner that is important to this episode. So I'm going to play it. Here it is. Okay, we already know that your brother went home for Christmas. I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. You do a lot of shopping, get all your shopping done for Christmas? Yeah. You buy a lot of toys for all your little friends in Michigan? Yeah. That's the, what'd you buy? Did you buy like a little train set for somebody, a little cousin? None of your business. Oh, now, come on, it's Christmas. I'm trying to be nice to you. Merry Christmas. Yeah, it's none of your business. Hey, whoa, whoa, now wait a minute, wait, wait, easy, 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 wait, no problem, hey, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, it's a time of goodwill towards man, okay, sorry, sorry to interrupt your interview, want to congratulate you on how you ran through the nasty boys, I mean, you guys beat them up, man, that was great, great, just, yeah, Rick, just, one simple thing we want to ask you. Well, it would have to be simple, Mike. Right, come on now. Stop. Jimmy? Stop it. Stop okay. It. Jimmy. All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's nice. Sorry. It's funny. It's funny. You guys. Just joking. Just joking. It's a joke. You guys are the United States Tag Team Champions, right? Yeah. 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 Good answer. Good answer. Thank you. All right. Nice. We consider ourselves a very, very good team. All we want to ask is since... I'm sorry that your brother ain't here, and the last thing we want to do is take advantage of you, but hey, since it's Christmas, what if you and me wrestle a captain's match? Okay, and, and if I win, if I win or you lose, we get a shot at the belts. What do I get? Thought you would ask that. Tell you what. What? If you win, you you will never ever have to worry, listen, or see the free birds again. Do it! Do it! Let, let, let. Hey, let's just do it right here! No, let's no, just do it right here! No, 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 Say yes! Put it there! All right! Merry Christmas! You're a smart guy! We'll be back in a minute! You drive a hard bargain! We'll be back in a minute! You're a smart man! You're good! You're smart! Merry Christmas! So, the Freebirds come out, as you heard, and they interrupt the promo, and Hayes challenges Rick to a captain's match later in the show. And if Hayes wins, the Freebirds can wrestle the Steiners for the belts. Uh, If Steiners win, 
uh, or if Steiner wins, the Steiners never have to worry about the Freebirds ever again. And uh, they shake on it. Uh, you know, Starcades in the rear view, you, you, there's only so much you can do. You just injected a an angle into the episode that was unexpected. It's fine. I don't have any, you know, I like what they did here. I mean, <laughs> better than what we're seeing with Norman out there interrupting matches. What are your thoughts, Doc? It's not my favorite, but given the circumstances, I get it. Yeah, I mean, what else can you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, know, what, it's a little odd when he goes, You really ran through the nasty boys when I'm thinking about other things, but we'll allow it. It's also important to put yourself in this time period where you're not watching live wrestling post pay per view after the fact. Like, this is not, we're not even, that's true. We're too. Not in that era. We don't know what we know. Yeah, we don't we don't realize at the time that in a few years, you know, we're gonna have uh, live raws, live nitros. Well, raw was a little bit later with the live stuff, but you know, have live nitros that are gonna be following the actual pay per views and what went down on the Sunday night and all that stuff. So you don't know what you don't know at that time. So yeah, captain's match is not you know the greatest, but under the circumstances, okay, get it. Yeah. It's it's all it's relative to the time you're in. You, if we you could just get rid of Norman, we're off to a decent start here. Yeah, I mean the matches aren't bad outside of what they've done. You know, like I don't necessarily agree with what I saw with Bobby Eaton getting distracted by Norman's stupidity. But hey, it is what it is. So then we go to any other thoughts, Doc, before I keep going? Michael Hayes, you laughing at him with a wrestle war? Yes. Then we go to a Starcade 90 report with Gordon Soley, and they basically recap what happened at Starcade, which we've done for the last two weeks, so <laughs> no need to go over that again. They also show another Wrestle War 91 ad, which Doc is chuckling. Do you want to describe what Michael Hayes has on, Doc? He, he looks like Apollo Creed coming out in Rocky Ford to, to get <laughs> killed by Ivan Drago. I live in America. <laughs> I love when I sing that. In New York City. Dude, that, you know what's funny? I saw that as a kid, and it, it was funny. Don't get me wrong. But it's funnier now as an adult. Right. Like when awesome. you, when, it when was you watch awesome. that, you just laugh. It was awesome, and it's still awesome. Man. I watched that with the with the boy a couple of years ago, and he had so many questions when they went to Russia. Like, what was he asking? I'm just curious. Well, he didn't understand like training for a fight, and you know, they don't let kids fight anymore, so they don't have any frame of reference. Gotcha. You do know Apollo, aka Carl Weathers, is from New Orleans. I don't. Do care. You know that. Wow. Everybody claims they're from New Orleans. No, 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 no. He's from New Orleans. Oh. It's no, he, he actually, he, well, Harper's from Metairie. I'll give him credit. <laughs> Why does Metairie get credit? It's close enough, and he's, let's just say he, 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 he wears it as a badge of honor, as we all do. But Just like Ricky say, Starks? Who? Ricky Starks? He's from New Orleans, right? I don't. Maybe he was born there. I don't. I don't know if he really grew up there, or 
I don't know. Jr. said something about he left during Katrina, left after Katrina. Which, to be fair, there's a lot of people who left and never came back because they couldn't. So I don't know if that is true. You know, you're watching wrestling, so I don't know if that's a work. And I think I even Googled it to try to look at his Wikipedia, but it doesn't. You can push play reference though. anything. Uh, I'm sorry, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he really was. Or he is. Silva asked me that a while back. He's like, what part of New Orleans is he from? I was like, dude, I don't know if he's really from there. But Who cares? Well, uh, people from New Orleans care. Like, I know. It's so, it's so, like, I love the city. I do. So I'm not trying to come down to the city. But y'all, y'all get a little carried away with it. Okay. Anyway, I wanted to mention about Carl Weathers, Apollo Creed. Went to St. Augustine High School. So oh, Okay. Well, shout out to hey. the fighting idiot. St. Augusta High School. You don't realize how offended you just made a very large population of people. Like who? Well, so St. Augustine High School is a predominantly black private high school in New Orleans. Not that you can't go there if you're white. I'm down with the brothers. I know. That's why I'm trying to help you out with what the hell you just said, because you really sounded stupid. And I'm Look, trying to my, stop you from somebody taking you out. If my high burned to the ground today, I'd be like, uh, who cares? That's you. Some people have pride in that. I don't care about mine, but some people have pride. People need to grow stuff. up. Grow. Okay. We say this all the time on the show, and usually it's at our each other, but people need to grow up. Send your hate mail to docturner at gmail.com. Um, there was something if, in that commercial. If, if high school, I'm saying this, if high school is the best time of your life, you need to dig in and improve things. I hated high school with a passion. I did too. Oh my God. I couldn't wait to finish and get out. College was jam though. Why are you going backwards? I'm tired of this shit. I was trying to look at the, Gal- the Galoob toys because they, they're, they're advertising. You know, we look, always I'm talk about they don't. I don't. I've never heard of that. <laughs> I'm trying to, what I was trying to say was. We always get on them about their advertising and they're actually advertising their Galoob toys, which are the action figures. And I actually looked it up and I was going to tell you that like there was a flare one, Arn, Barry, Sid, Sting, uh, Luger. Like there, there was an Eligante, a Rick, a Scott Steiner. I think there was even a uh, Ron Simmons one. So I found an ad for them and I was just going to mention, you know, they they actually advertised them. So that's all I wanted to say. Sorry to offend you. I'm sorry for your annoyance, pal. We keep moving. Brian Pillman is going to take on Jim Corbett, who, for some reason, with his look, reminded me of um, Manny Fernandez a little. Uh, a yeah. Little. Not not really, but kind of. He's like a he's like a white, a white Manny man. Fernandez. Yeah, yeah. So this uh, it's a quick one. Uh, Pillman's going to hit him with the air. Pillman off the top after. After he hit Corbett with a savant kick, and nothing much else happened. Nothing. He didn't lock commentary. up so well, though. Who Pillman? No. Oh, a Corbett. Yeah. I thought you were mentioning Pillman because he was very loose with what he did when he did that uh, go around or go behind around the world, as they call it. I was like, ooh, that looked loose. But hey, who am I? I was just a mud show idiot. Um. But there's nothing really here. It's a like I said, relatively quick match. Pillman's gonna finish him off with the uh, like I said, Air Pillman, and oh. then we get an ad for <laughs> Missy Hyatt, who I don't know. She feels she's. It's almost like she's got a nun outfit on. I'm okay with that. That's not gonna is stop it, me. Is that your fantasy? Jesus Christ! No, it's not <laughs> a fantasy. The, no, I don't. I, <laughs> what what she's wearing has little 
impact on my feelings towards her. I wish Harper was here because I'd ask him as a good Catholic boy from Metairie, would, um, would he do Missy with a, with a nun outfit on? And I want to see course, if he gets outraged. Of course he would. He'd probably say something really stupid. <laughs> shoot a rope on it. The, the, oh, come on. That brother, Scott Sandlin right there is about to catch a whooping. So Sid Vicious in the next match is taking on Scott Sandlin and, uh, Santa Norman is still out there bothering the heels. You would figure he might not want to bother Sid, right? So I'm going to go ahead and just play some play. So Sid's about to win this match, okay? Mm-hmm. And I think he, you know, he hits the power bomb, and then he's going to turn his attention to Norman. So let me go ahead and just come on. Play the I've audio. never rooted for Sid more, Bruh, Just watch. <laughs> Here it is. Advantage for the horseman. And I don't think he likes Santa Claus Norman being out here. Get out of here right now. Oh, Jim, he's telling you to get out of here right now. Let's go, Sid. Oh, Norman's out here just to wish everybody Merry Christmas and pass out these presents to all these youngsters that are in attendance here at the center stage. Scott Sandlin earlier, Jim, off of that airplane spin to the shoulders of the big man. He went flying right through the air, just spinning halfway across the ring. Good heavens. Vicious teammates, the horsemen involved in that. All right, hold on. I thought he was going to go out there at that point. I think this is when he's about to go out there. Here it is. Norman, you're not going to be able to convince Vicious to get in the Christmas spirit. No, he's, a, he's a giant Scrooge. Yeah, he He's not even thinking about Christmas at all. I know, he probably is the type of guy that doesn't even give Christmas presents, Jim. Probably doesn't even want any. Here, here goes. No, no, There's a power bomb. Vicious just planted Scott Sandlin. That's and nails him. That's all. What an awesome specimen. Winner of the match, Sid Vicious. All right, Vicious with it. Let's keep it right here. What's, I don't like the looks of this. Norman is not. Wait Shut a minute. From behind. Oh, his head just cracked the ring post. <laughs> Vicious from behind, and Norman's head just cracked the ring the post. And Vicious taking that sack of toys and now kicking Norman right in the head all the way down the aisleway. But the severity of this situation, Norman's head just cracked the ring post. Yeah. Santa's brains are spilled out on the floor. Norman is hurt. We've got to get some attention for him. There you go. Let him die. Fans, we're check on Norman. We'll have a report on this momentarily. We'll be right back. If he dies, he dies. Like in Rocky Four. He should be cracked open like a melon. I want to point something out to you when Sid... So watch here. First off, there's a sign that says... I can't see if it says fuck the horseman or fuck the horseman. Fork the horseman. Fork. Like in the crowd. So I wanted to point that out for one. It doesn't say fork. I think so. Yeah, it does. Okay, you can see it clear there. All right. So I want you to watch when Sid Sid attacks Norman. I went too far. He's going to pick up the bag that had like the toys in it or the stuffed animals. And he uses that and hits Norman with it, which is lame kind of, but whatever. Watch the kid dock to the right who picks up the... He doesn't give two shits about Norman. He picks up the animal that comes out the bag and starts celebrating. It's freaking great. Watch. Watch the kid to the right. Look at him. 
Yeah, I got a toy. Yeah. He celebrates it. He don't give a everybody's shit about Santa. Di- everybody's dirty, even the children. That dude, what, how old do you think he was? It was hard to tell. Maybe seven, eight years old? Six, seven. <laughs> he got a stuffed animal and is celebrating. <laughs> I love it. Good shit. This is awesome. All right. Any other thoughts, Doc, as we celebrate Norman being destroyed? Oh, boy. Everybody's favorite tag team is out. All right. So I guess not. So anyway, now the Motor City Madman and the Big Cat are taking on Tim Horner and Alan Iron Eagle. I actually feel bad for Tim Horner here. We do get a picture and picture from Big Cat and the Motor City Madman. They tell Luger to find a partner because they're coming for Luger on Christmas night at the Omni. Now, there's a couple of things here that are just off. One, we just watched the Motor City Madman and the Big Cat get destroyed by the skyscrapers at Starcade in a minute. And two, Luger had a partner. It was supposed to be Vader, if memory is correct. So now they're telling him to find a partner. See what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying, though? Yeah, yeah, he could beat them both. So, I'm so confused. Don't let it mess you up. It's WCW, dude. And just so you know, Vader... I'm trying to look. I was looking at the results because I didn't have it in my notes. Well noted. That never happened. Vader and Luger versus them, even though that's remember they did the angle on TV. He was going to be the partner. Yeah. Yeah. They brought him out. Yeah. So that's why I'm pointing out. That's why I'm, that's why I'm going to it. And like, what the hell happened? So I'm guessing Vader back in Japan. And uh, Vader said, yeah, I make more money over there. Y'all can have that. I don't know. I really do not know. You know, Friends of the show, Ben Martin Silva, they'll tell us. Uh, I am. This, but, is my, this is my, we're deep into my dark period here. So I'm, but it's I'm just, out in the middle of nowhere. I don't have internet reception. I'm not going to be able to help you much. To re- so the recap, this team, the Motor City and Madman and Big Cat were, were squashed big time at Starcade. Motor City Madman ate the pin. And uh, now Luger needs to go find another partner. There's that. And I think his partner actually ended up being Tom Zink. At, in that match. Why not? <laughs> All right. So anyway, Big Cat was, puts iron. You know, I was sitting there, and I was like, you know, Starcade's over, so it's time to start some new stuff. And I got to say, I'm really not happy with regurgitate. I feel like a baby bird who's getting chewed up worms spit in their mouth by the by the mama bird. You know, some you, people you, would pay money for that with a hooker. Wow. You you got to realize, remember, tape before Starcade, you, you're not going to get what you're asking for. But that's not an excuse for the lack of continuity that we see. Anyway, I actually felt bad for Tim Horner in this match. It's like, wow. Speaking of Tim Horner, I was, um, uh, Phil Allen posted the Tim Horner, Dutch Mantel, jump on me, Harper saying his ears needed a rape kit. Um, segment again he was talking about it like a couple weeks ago on facebook and he he said uh so i i don't read the comments generally but i was like oh, i haven't looked at this in a while let me let me see what some of these people are commenting about and 
there's a dude in there. There's a couple of them. It wasn't that bad. Y'all overreacting. I'm like, bro, you are a simpleton. If you simpleton, that's nice. Some, something's wrong with your brain if you think nothing was wrong with that. All right, Lex Luger cuts a promo. He wishes the fans a Merry Christmas. Luger oh. then claims Eligante will be his tag partner against the Big Cat and Motor City Madman in the Omni. Up so, until now, El Gigante is stealing money. Is he? He's not doing anything and he's getting paid. Mm. You could argue that's not going to stop. Actually, it was. It, it, it wasn't Zinc. Zinc tagged with him a couple days later in Charleston, South Carolina. It, it was Eligante at the Omni that they're talking about. On the 25th, uh, Christmas night, 6,000 people in the Omni. Mm. So, anyway, I, I I don't know what he was getting paid, but, I mean, he probably was overpaid because he wasn't he a basketball player that they just picked up, so they got to throw him money, more money than the actual talent's getting. It's stupid, but that's how it works. It's like when they brought in time, uh, Zeus. Like, he was, I've read Dusty book, Dusty Wolf's book, and Dusty Wolf was, like, you know, showing him the town, driving with him and stuff, and... People were mad because Zeus was getting paid so much, but I mean, he don't know any better. He's just taking the money, right? <laughs> He'd do the same thing we'd do. Somebody offers you a lot of money to do something, ah, okay, I'll take it. That's capitalism, bro. What you can't you can't like capitalism sometime and not the other. Even I'll, I'll give you a thousand dollars if you jump off your roof today. That's not enough for me to jump off my roof. Oh. Okay, oh well, can I can I uh, am I jumping into an air mattress, a large no, one? No, you gotta take just... a flat back. No, that's not happening. Okay. Eh, no. Mm-mm. Replay of Doom versus Barry Windham and Arn Anderson, the street fight from Star K90. Of course, we talked about that on the pay-per-view review that we did. And then we go to the next match, which is Rick, Ricky Morton versus Lieutenant James Earl Wright. Um, Doc, this is uh, Jim... God, he's just killing me with this shit. <laughs> they go about four minutes. So these are two, I'd call them tag team specialist because James Earl Wright is a member of a uh, state patrol the right man won though here Ricky Morton uh, he does I just don't understand role. all the tag team guys wrestling solo when there's so much talent on the on the card but maybe that's they know something I don't know of who's in the building well, I mean Morton and Rich are technically a tag team but they aren't the rock and roll uh, James Earl Wright I agree with you he should be tagging with his partner even though they're enhancement talents and that's it I got no so, problem with it, though. So you think that, uh, kind of a different question, you think 91 is going to be better than 90? I do. I'm not, uh, look, uh, I keep telling you, I'm not saying it's, um, it ain't 86. Well. <laughs> but it's, it's all relative. It's, it's, it's relative to your experience. So once you've seen what you feel is maybe bottom of the barrel, it was a nice finish. It was an O'Connor roll by Morton. Uh, once you see the bottom what, what what now we would think is the bottom of the barrel in 90 there's can only be one way to go up now i haven't watched it consecutively week to week in a while but i do think it's a little better now you lose flair but there's stuff that happens that look it, it's, well you get it's pn still, news so i mean it's a fair trade yeah there's like like okay pn news is bad but is it really worse than Norman? Like, you got to ask yourself these questions. Oh, we will. You know, PN News Jr. on Twitter is going to love that comment. 
Hell no, he's going to say it. <laughs> I love that dude. He's cool. All right. Uh, keeping it moving, the next match is the Z-Man versus Dutch Mantel. And, Doc, there is a ton of joking about Dutch's back hair being as thick as a sweater in this match. JR mentions mm, that he wishes... You saw that, huh? JR mentions that he wishes Dutch would trim his hair. It's just like going to grow back. Dutch is a hairy dude, bro. <laughs> you got to wax that shit. You should, you should have been Dutch the bear mantel. <laughs> There's too many bears in wrestling, though, as I think about it. Uh, I love Dutch to death. Plenty of Z-Man chants from the center stage crowd audience, which... It's really a ton of kids, and according to the history of WWE.com, it, it was at capacity. Like, every seat was full for this episode, uh, which is cool because, you know, when we were at some of these buildings, there was 200, 300 people in a 1,000 and 2,000 feet auto civic center. You know what I'm saying? So, anyway, Dutch is going to miss a drop kick, and then Z-Man hits Dutch with that missile drop kick off the top rope. And my last note from this was, Doc, wrong guy won. Wrong guy made one, but I like the fact that you've got some guys out that are decent competition. You know, the Stallion, Horowitz, Dutch, State Patrol fella. That's a good point, because we're more than halfway through this particular episode, and we haven't seen what I'd call the sloppy jobbers who don't know what the hell they're doing in the ring. Like, they're competent, right, would you say? Mm-hmm. Semi-competitive. I mean, I'm not trying to be rude, but it's kind of like when somebody's like morbidly obese and you just say, look, they're fat and they need to lose weight. It's not that you're being mean, but I'm sure their health realizes it too. You need to lose weight. Like, it is what it is. So when I say the what enhancement talent... About? aren't sloppy i mean like when you say the enhancement talent out there that we've seen recently are sloppy and don't know what the hell they're doing i'm making a comment saying look i'm just calling out a fact is what i'm talking okay. about no i'm not fat shaming doc it was just an example god i don't care if you do you, why are you being like that doing like what jesus being like what nothing paul let's, let's get I, you got to hear this remember when we talked about continuity I want you to listen to the continuity and I'll point out specifically why when we're done. This is Z-Man post-match with Paul Lee getting interviewed. 45 straight wins. 45 straight victories and next week next week you have the opportunity of a lifetime. You will fight Double A Arn Anderson for the world television title. Do you really think? I know you're on a big roll Z-Man. I know you've been mowing down all the competition. Do you really think you can upset the enforcer for the world TV title? Yes, I do. I think I can do it. You really think, I mean, you're walking into the ring yeah. with a man, the best wrestler on television today. I agree Bro with you. He's great. He's a great. He's probably the best TV champion ever. Okay? You're right. I'll give you that much. Well, then I tell you what, I'll give... Well, well, now hold it, hold it, no, this is not, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, no fights out here, you yourself, you have to defend your title next week, you yourself have been injured, you have stitches, you have broken knuckles, you're already walking into a match at a disadvantage, 
Don't take an opportunity hey, here. Don't tell me what I can or can't do. People been telling me what I couldn't do all my life. A lot of people call me an overachiever, Zink. They say, you're not big enough. You don't have a body like Tom Zink. You shouldn't have got what you got in this life. Well, my friend, you look in these eyes, and I look in yours, and I see that same fire, and I still I see that same hunger, that will to achieve when everybody thinks you can't. But remember one thing, Greek God, this may be a grandstand play for you, a way to get a beautiful women, but by God, that's how I make my living, and I'm better than everybody else. A couple of broke knuckles, a few stitches, makes no difference. When you're a world-class athlete, when you're a world champion, you suck it up and go. Now, you want to be somebody, mm. you want to elevate yourself. Next week, my friend, make your grandstand play right on this show. I don't think you're a man enough. You're a world champion. You suck it up and go. Now, you want to be somebody, you want to elevate yourself. Next week, my friend, make your grandstand play right on this show. I don't think you're a man enough. To jump on me, bottom line. I'll be here, Arn Anderson. Just come alone, huh? So I don't want to. I do want to address the, the the stupidity of what was said at the beginning, real quick. Paulie says, "45 straight wins." Doc, what happened at Starcade with him and Bobby Eaton? <laughs> I'm not saying the wrong guy won at Starcade when Bobby Eaton beat him, him being Z-Man. But Yeah, but here's the thing. Not many people saw that, you know? <laughs> well, that's true, because, I mean, who knows what the buy rate was, right? We don't, we don't know that answer. But I just, it just, I found it, like, super duper funny as I thought about it. I was like, for, like, and here's the thing. At Starcade, Doc, they said he had 30-something straight wins. So... He had 30-something straight wins at Starcade. He lost, and now he has 45 wins. <laughs> I don't so, have too big of a problem with that. That's old-school wrestling, just lying about stuff. That's true, too. But the problem is you can lie about stuff, but the fact that you lied about it after they saw it at Starcade that he lost is a problem. Like, they had just seen it. Well, if you... You know what I'm saying. If If you were... If you saw Starcade, you had just seen it, is what I'm trying to say. Right. Oh boy, gotta love it. Gotta Don't let it. facts get in the good way in the way of a good story. But Arn was phenomenal there. That's how he makes his living. Don't tell me what I can and can't do. Come on. Yeah, for real. All right. So on on that particular note, like you said, Arn was phenomenal. Like I think the line when he said, "This might be a way for you to get women." But this is how I make my living. Like, that made me want to see Z-Man versus Arn. It's amazing what happens when you have a guy who can talk you either into the building or into a match. It's almost like that's how you should do it. Almost, right? As we yeah. say that sarcastically. Um, speaking of uh, sarcastically, and I don't know where I'm going with this, but the Master Blasters versus Brett Wayne... A.K.A. Brett Sawyer and Joe Barrett are in the next match. 
And this thing ends when the Master Blasters hit Barrett with a double, big double shoulder tackle. Uh, I think this might have been a second or third match with the new member of the Master Blasters because this guy uh, that's tagging with Nash is not the original one that we saw during the debut. Um, nothing much here. Like I said, they, they pretty much squash their opponents and uh, Barrett is the one who takes the double shoulder tackle. Uh, this was fine. I mean, I'm not complaining about it too much. What else are you going to do? I mean, you, it's it, it's got to it be a squash to get them where they need to be. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be a squash. You can't you can't have a situation where it's you know, supposedly competitive or whatever. Anyway. Uh, Doc, the next match we get is the Junkyard Dog versus Joe Uh-oh. Kazana. Yes, sir. And we get a pitcher and pitcher from Dog. He Nah, every dog needs a bone to chew on. I think I found my bone at the Omni Christmas night. It was uh, kind of what we heard there. Uh, we do get an update from JR. I think you'd like this, Doc. JR talks about what happened to Norman earlier. And JR mentioned something about Norman having a conduct concussion and experiencing dizziness, which I thought to myself, and you probably think, that's great. <laughs> Any thoughts on Norman having a concussion, Doc? Well, you want to rest for like ever after that. You want to be in a dark room alone and really take care of that and not be on my TV. <laughs> wow. Oh, junkyard dog moves. Junkyard. So I mean, uh, Joe Kazan is starting to look like a late period under uh, Adrian Adonis. Nah, Adrian Adonis was bigger than that. Boy, he was. I forgot about that. Yeah, not, you're right. He was just a big. Bl- round blimp. blimp like he was shaped like a football because i mean i don't remember having like big legs or anything he just was round <laughs> uh dog is gonna win this thing no surprise i mean you know russian leg sweep by jyd for the win you see it right there i'm assuming he was too blown up to pick him up for the for the normal finisher the thump which is very sad very, very sad. He looks like his skin is stretched about as far as it'll go. And he gets bigger. How? I mean... How is that how possible? Do, how do 400-pound people end up being... I guess. You know, f- 500 pounds. It, it happens, right? Okay. I believe you. You More tell me star- you've been that big. I've not been 400. Three. What's the heaviest you ever been? About... I say three, but I was probably like two ninety, two maybe two ninety five. God, but you're five foot three. Come on, bro. Um, I didn't carry it like an Adrian Adonis, though. Like, I have ridiculously big legs. Like for like my thighs are ridiculous. I'm not um, thinking about your thighs, pal. Okay, like there's a load of muscle down there that uh, most people don't have. Grow up. Put it this Get way. Class. When I, when I, How about this? I, this year, your goal, your development plan, your BTT development plan is to try to be a little classier. Largest was 295, and you know what's funny? You were, you were, you were joking about um, you can't like refer to me like as somebody who, you know, hey, where were you back in high school? I mean, I'm literally like the size I was probably senior year right now. That, I weigh that's, that's, that's my 100 size right pounds now. more than high school. I know. That's what I'm saying. You Because you were so, you were like thin. Not that I knew you at the time, but just based on what you told me. 
How much did you weigh at your height in high school? I was 6'2", 135 in high school. Dude, do you really? Dude, you were like a swimmer, skinny. Yeah. Bruh, 135? Yeah. So you're just skin and bones. You didn't have an ounce of muscle on you. What are you now? I'm 6'2", about 230. (laughs) Putting down those... IPAs and beers every night after when the pandemic started. Well, I mean, yeah, those Trulies and IPAs are just too good to put down, and so I drink them all. Bubba, those White Claws did a number on you. Yeah, White Claws, Trulies, hard seltzers, whatever you got, man, I'm in for it. Can I ask you a question for, about like Trulies and beers in general? Uh, I guess. Well, no, I have a question. So, like, my wife. She was drinking those Trulies for a while, like one every week. So, you know, like everything, she buys it and forgets she has it. Women are the worst with that shit. You and I have had this discussion offline. Anyway, she's got some Trulies right now, maybe six or seven left, and they have like April 15th on them of 2022. Is that like too late to start drinking them, or is it just that they lose their flavor? They're not really bad. Like, what? what is I think, it? I don't isn't know. Isn't that when they were made? No, no, no. It's got the date on it that... Because these were bought before that date. That's what I'm saying. It's got the date that I guess they're supposed to quote unquote expire. But I don't I don't know, bro. I don't I'm not a truly and I'm not a beer drinker. You know, the good thing about Hennessy is it it lasts a long time. I don't know the shelf life of liquor, but man, you know, you ain't got to guzzle it. You ain't got to finish it. You're not pressed to to do it. So like if a if a beer You don't feel an internal pressure to drink everything in the house at all times? Bro, I haven't drank Hennessy at this point in three months. Last time I drank Hennessy was when I was recording with I of Gibson and uh, PN News Jr. when we were doing a Patreon show. Like yeah, Christmas I'd probably time. have to drink it. I'd have to drink for that, too. Um, no, I mean, I, they're fine. So, tell like, it, to, do they, is it have, that they lose the flavor or, or what? I, when they Tell her to have an awesome Friday night. Get you're a couple alcoholic. in her. What? You're an alcoholic, and you're telling me you don't know. That's that's a lie in itself. I don't know. Mine don't sit around the house long enough to have that problem. Oh, okay. I got you. But yeah. you should get a couple in her. I mean, Trulies. And then maybe get, you know, some love time going. Bubba, don't you worry. Okay. I don't lack in that territory. Okay, well, that, again, rem- please remember your development plan. Classier, Mike. Keeping it moving. We, we, need to work a... on your bi- we need to work on your business acumen and professional presence. How about that? Sure. Keeping it moving. <laughs> we get a, um, we get a. Speaking of alcoholics, here's Gord Sully. <laughs> <laughs> your favorite alcoholic because you're an alcoholic. One of them, <laughs> <All> yeah. Rick's <laughs> up there, too. Oh, boy. So, first off, there was a clip of the Sting Black Scorpion reveal. It was flair. We all know that by now. You've heard it when we talked about it on the on the shows we did on Starcade. And then we go to some promos from Sting and um, Flair. Here it is. You saw as well as I did the bizarre turn of events that occurred during that World Heavyweight Championship match. But may I make another point? Not only did this world title match leave Sting a battered man physically, but he's battered emotionally. There's no question about that. We're going to be hearing 
from the world heavyweight champion Sting describing how he feels. And then we'll hear a retort from the former world heavyweight champion Ric Flair. Let's go to those tapes. Well, Flair, you did accomplish one thing. You made me feel real sick inside. I don't feel like howling. I don't feel like beating on my chest. The adrenaline isn't flowing like it normally does. You accomplished that, all right, but you didn't beat me. And the other thing you didn't accomplish is you didn't make yourself into a man at Starcade. You kept yourself the same old way. Slime, pal! Sting! <laughs> That's the voice you've had to live with. That's the voice you've had to hear as you closed your eyes every night for five months. Sting! Now, Sting, now you hear the voice of Ric Flair. The voice that is really going to haunt you until I wear that world title around my waist for the seventh time. It's the look of the 90s. Bigger, better, most of all, more determined than ever before to be the new world champion, Sting. Think about it. Ric Flair comes for the seventh time. Woo! I think Ric Flair came more than seven times, but, um... Come on. What, uh... Hey, I got, I got an... Let's, what, what else can we do to Flair? Man... You know how we were talking about Starcade and we were saying, why didn't they just keep the feud going after Sting beat him? Because they ended up with Sting and Flair months later anyway. The more I think about that, I'm like, we literally put it on hold for some Black Scorpion bull crap. Nonsense. And, and now we're Sting and Flair. <laughs> like, they, they just... Let's take a detour uh, so we can basically embarrass the greatest wrestler we've ever had bruh <laughs> i just like oh boy and now he's got the haircut uh, well he's had it for a while actually but it, i know what you mean you look at it and i i hate this is the second time he started a promo like that sting like it doesn't that doesn't sound like rick flair sting what, why, like, who made him say it like that? Her, I mean, uh, Ole ain't there now. This is like, well, he's you know, he's miserable right now, I, I'd imagine. Yeah, even though, yeah, he's miserable. He's miserable. Let me ask you a question and we'll keep going. Um, and we get as we get into this Tommy Rich versus Michael Wall Street match. Do you, when, when Flair leaves, do you want to cover anything as supplemental to the main show, like on the main show? from the wwf promo no not at all mm -mm. oh i'm shocked i thought you would want to I want to stay true to the cause okay tommy rich takes suffer. on <sighs> suffer is the right way speaking the suffer, of suffer the suffering is what fuels the drinking there there are there are so many people uh, uh jason ward i'll give you a shout out there are so many people who like on the patreon page when you go to it and like I'll post the video versions there 
that make comments, Jason Ward, one of them, just saying to us, y'all are saints for covering this era of this show. Like, they, they, they enjoy listening to us covering it, but they are like, y'all are saints for being able to continue with this. I mean, what they're doing to Rick is like, do you have anything of value, <clears throat> value in your house, like an old basketball card or a piece of art or something? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You should take it, take it and set it on fire today. That would be the equivalent of what they're doing. Probably worse than that. Right. Because then you're, you're true, because you wouldn't be doing that on national TV. No, not at all. The burnout is just, I mean, I can't imagine the burnout he's feeling just from stuff. Hey, we're and on I, to Tommy Thomas Rich versus Wall Street, and we've got another clock here, which is terribly distracting. So Tommy Rich is taking on Wall Street and Michael Wall Street, and Missy throws us to this match in her nun outfit again. The, the calculation for York and Wall Street says that Rotunda will win in under six minutes. Minutes, and to they ought to point, calculate we, how many beers Tommy Rich has had before he got in the ring. That computer would start smoking. <laughs> Uh, so I was corrected as well. Um, there were a few people. I won't say their names, but I, I, I want to say his, his name. I'll just say uh, T.W. is his uh, initials. I, we, I had made a comment about Tommy Rich sweating bullets in the ring during his match, and I blamed it on all the beer. And a couple of our listeners said from experience, uh, it wasn't the beer, Mike. It was the cocaine. So uh -oh. I don't. I, well, he put his name on Facebook. I just don't want to put it out on blast uh, into the world. So I, I TW, you know never, who you are. I've never done the cocaine. Yeah, so me I either. Wouldn't know. Lynn Bias, I, dude. Lynn Bias scared me off of that in 1986 when he died. I just never had a desire, man. Like I, it wasn't something. You were man. kind of loose. I just, I don't know, man. I mean, there was people around me when I was young that did it, but I just, I don't know, bro. I was weird with that. I, I listen, it's funny because my, my wife will tell me stories about her dad with it, and I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Boy, y'all. I mean, I've been around it, but it just. Lynn Bias, dude. Yeah. I prefer to take the slow approach with booze. <laughs> Let's not help like alcohol is healthy for you, but okay. <laughs> they, man, somebody needs to put vitamins in beer. That shit would be awesome. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> Let's keep going. Rick Stein, I'm sorry. Um, I should probably say who wins. So Wall Street uh, is going to hit Rich with a big tackle. Um, and then Rich goes flying. Rich does a sunset flip back into the ring, but Wall Street sits on Rich and uses the ropes for the win. Wall Street's going to win in about four minutes. It's funny because JR kept calling him Rotunda as well during the match. Like, And I get it. He, you know, he just became Wall Street not that long ago and... You know people by their name. It's kind of hard to just on a whim change it. And you're you're on autopilot sometimes. So it's just kind of muscle memory, brain memory, where you just say the person's name. But anyway, here's where Wall Street sits on him and uses the ropes and catches the win. Uh, Wall Street uh, gave Tommy some chin nuts, actually, right there. He pretty much He's burning through the mid card, too. Wall Street? Yeah. Uh, pretty much. So after Wall Street wins, we go to Rick Steiner versus Michael Hayes. And uh, Hayes is dancing and making love to the camera let me get to that timestamp because i think you might want to comment on it i think it's uh, about 117 30 maybe here he is uh let's see does he do it here or did i go too far 
He's strutting. You know, he's doing what Michael Hayes does. There he is, making love to the camera. Look at him. <laughs> where did uh, where did he get that robe? Cause white people don't shop in places that sell that. Soul Train Fashions in New Orleans when he was um, working in Mid South. Actually, I don't even know. Soul Train probably was open at that time, but I don't know if he got that robe from there. It's just a joke. Bad one at that. All right, so. Remember, if Hayes wins, the Freebirds get a U.S. tag title match. If Steiner wins, uh, the Steiners never have to worry about the Freebirds ever again. And I've been accused of giving Hayes a hard time during 1990. You know that you have. Jackass, you've been you've been hard on him. That jackass Javorski likes to get on me about that. But I gotta say, when I watch this match, and they start this with a good bit of time left, ten minutes or so in the episode, Hayes is making Steiner look great. I mean, he's selling and he's doing all the things you want to see from somebody who's taking on Rick Steiner. He's not acting like he's Hulk Hogan hulking up, which Steiner is powerful. He Hayes is selling and Rick's mocking him with the dancing and Hayes is working the crowd, like getting mad that they're chanting. This was, this was a really solid matchup. Hayes put on his working boots, which we've seen him do that before. I mean, he worked, I think it was Flair on Saturday night years ago. And, you know, he, he's being Michael Hayes with the strutting and stuff. And then Steiner does do a little comedy. He bites Hayes on the ass. Yes, I said bites Hayes on the ass. But they really, they got they got it. They gave, I wasn't going to say they gave the paying customers their money's worth. But, you know, it's center stage, so they're not paying. But this is good, man. Like, selling. Steiner showing his power. Everything you want from an actual match working the crowd into it, all the little things that makes a match great. Like, a match has, you know, five parts. They did all five of them. Is it Flair versus Steamboat? Hell no. But it's a great Saturday night match and not one that makes you hit the fast-forward button. And uh, that's my thoughts on it, as Rick Steiner is eventually going to get the win because Steiner gets DDT'd and rolls out of the ring and Hayes goes on the outside and looks like he's laying into Steiner. Um, but then they roll back in during the finish and it says, actually, I'm looking at my notes. They're all scrambled. My bad. Hold on, doc. I wrote things backwards. I wrote the, fi I wrote, I wrote the finish <laughs> before the finish. <sighs> Terrible, huh? Fire me. Should I be fired? Unprofessional. Garvin did work his way down to the ring too, which you'd expect. I mean, he's a heel, but, um, in the finish, you kind of saw this many years ago. Uh, later by Eddie Guerrero. Let me get it queued up. Let me get to it. So Steiner is about to belly to belly Hayes off the turnbuckle. Garvin gets in the gets on the ring apron, and Garvin tosses in uh, a short board. I guess I'll call it. It's like a piece of black two by four. I think that's what it is. It's really hard to tell. And then Garvin gets on the ring apron. Um, I'm sorry, JR calls it a two by four, so that's why I said that. Steiner catches the board while the ref is preoccupied with Hayes on the turnbuckle. The ref turns around and sees Hayes laid out, acting like he was shot with a 12 gauge. So the ref then sees Garvin with the board and calls for a DQ. So Hayes actually wins, but Steiner is mad and Garvin is gloating. So Steiner hits Garvin with the board. It is just really good. I'm not doing the best way. Of it. I'm not explaining it great. Are you okay? Have you had a stroke? No, it's. This? 
my notes are all messed up and I was trying to go from them and not actually watch it as it happened. Well, when did you learn how to read in the first place? Now, here's the thing. Look, look here it is, Doc, before you say that. So I, I gets see he apron. throws it to the wrong person. Well, no, he was trying. Okay, so he was trying to, he definitely threw it to Garvin, to, to, to Steiner. And when the ref, and then Garvin gets on the apron and the ref doesn't see Steiner with the board and Hayes falls down like he was hit with the board and the ref turns That's around. The old thing that Eddie Guerrero did with the chair too. That's what I was trying to say originally and I fucked it all up. My bad. That was clever. Match is good. You've been too hard on Michael Hayes. He's not Luthez, but he, he can sell and he's a worker. Maybe not a wrestler, but a worker. And this is what it needed to be in case you wanted to set something up for the future. Here's the thing. If they never advance with this gimmick, this angle, then okay, fine, whatever. But if they do, they have a reason. They have it set up. So, yeah, this is a Saturday night. It's not Starcade. So I'm on board with this. Look at Jimmy Garvin taunting Rick Steiner. And then Rick Steiner says, okay, I'm going to get DQ'd. I'll hit you with the board. Might as well, shit. But I really, I like the finish. It, it's um, yeah, that was that was clever. Man, I liked it when Eddie did it. It's just really cool. Like the ref turns, Hayes realizes, oh, Rick Steiner's got the board. Let me bump, and he bumps. And ref turns around, and Steiner's basically holding a weapon in his hand while his opponent's down. It's like, oh, okay, well, naturally, Can't I'm gonna that. Yeah, yeah, he hit him with it, even though I didn't see it. And in the end, though, so Steiner loses. And the Freebirds and Steiners are now supposed to have a match for the U.S. tag belts in the future. But even though he lost, the dude who's gloating and, like, teasing him for losing, he's like, screw you, bruh. And he hits him with the board. So that's what made it great. Uh, Bob, Bob Cottle and JR close the show. Paul Lee interrupts to plug the main event tomorrow. And that's kind of the end of the episode at that point. So we need to take care of some business before we get out of here. I just want to say, uh, if you're not a patron, consider becoming one at tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. It's the best way you can support this show while getting tons of extra content. Remember Starcade was free. Um, and not just on the Patreon feed, like all the other pay-per-views, cause that's what we did traditionally. So if you're not a patron, consider becoming one tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. It is the way to support the show. You get the video versions of these, you get to see what we're watching and all that good stuff. And it's a good time as we, you know, continue to put out more content there. The pay-per-views, the clashes, the world-class shows, all are there. The ECW show, the uh, Sparks, the Transformer, and Half Pint, the Little Fellow with the NWA Power Show monthly every six weeks or so. All that's there on Patreon, tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. And again, you get the video versions. That's probably the best part. The video versions come out a little bit early. Doc, we need to rate it and hand out a Rolex. Uh, which one do you want to do first? I'll throw to you first. <coughs> oh god oh, come I'm on dying. what which one are you giving it uh, who, i had who, a little episode you, there who you'll give it who what do you want to do first i should ask that's what i was trying to say i prefer to always rate it okay let's hear it <laughs> sniffling what you're over snorting cocaine yeah it was mm. my first time okay you know it's hard to rate these when you're watching it and recording at the same time. So I got to tell you, there's no way Harper's doing this correctly every week. He listens to what we do and decides, does he want to be mean or nice? Oh, you just figured that out. <laughs> no, I know. For I'm real, dude. For real. That's exactly it. 
And so this on its own was not that was not bad. There were some decent matches and the jobber quality was good, so that'll work. Um, Norman's a definite minus, and the fact that this was done basically almost right after Thanksgiving was a minus. Um, but it wasn't terrible. It wasn't what I wanted. I'm going to say a B. I think you're actually right on. I'm, I was thinking B, B plus even. Because it's, it's not anything that you'll ever say, oh, dude, you got to watch that episode of Saturday Night. There's a lack of continuity throughout it. You know, with Z-Man and the matches and winning 45 straight when we just saw him lose. And, you know, all of a sudden Vader is not going to be Luger's tag partner when the whole point of the angle when he came out was it would be Vader. Imagine if you bought tickets to the Omni after seeing that angle because you figured I'm going to watch Vader and Eligante ends up being Luger's partner. It's just the lack of continuity is just dumb and it hurts you as a promotion overall, but there's some good stuff in here. So I'm going to give mine a B as a B. You say B minus B. Okay. And then we need to hand out the Rolex. I want to remind everyone of something real quick before I hand out the Rolex. We, the patron shows are no longer on the old Podbean patron feed. There's mm. some people who are still signed up there. So if you're a patron on there and you're wondering why shows aren't on there, it's because all of the patron content is on tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. So all you got to do is cancel on Podbean and go to Patreon. Go sign up there. Plus on Patreon, you get the video versions and it just was becoming a hassle to load in two sites. So I want to remind everyone of that. Uh, in case you're wondering why you're not seeing it there on Podbean. All right. On we'll to see. the next thing. So, no, not really. But I'm going to surprise you. You know who I'm going to give my Rolex to? Your mom. Michael Hayes. Really? Mm-hmm. I thought he did everything he needed to do against Rick Steiner as I butchered the recap of that match. He was phenomenal. The mannerisms, the 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 dancing, and then Rick Steiner feeding and mocking him with that, and Rick getting the crowd into it, and Hayes selling like y'all will y'all shut up? I mean, this guy's a doofus. Please, this is why are you cheering for this idiot? And just the finish, it was great. Like to say you're not really advancing anything because this is all recorded before Starcade. This is what you needed to do. Smoky Mountain would do this. They they get things going while they were waiting to air the big stuff from the week prior of one of their big shows. So, um, yeah, Michael Hayes, what, what do you think? You're just trying to get on somebody out there's good side to say, look, see, I'm not always against him. That could not be further from the truth, but whatever. You're always real concerned about what these people think of you. You are so off with that, but I'm not an asshole like you. It's all work. Yeah, whatever. I'm really a nice guy. He is straight asshole. He's a curmudgeon. He'll get you can work him into a shoot quickly on things when he hears things he doesn't agree with. He'll tell you he doesn't, but he gets worked into a shoot. Proceed. 
I'm trying to incentivize good behavior, and I'm picking Arn for that promo, and we need that almost every week. I could have gave it to Arn, to be fair. Because Arn was... Arn talked us into wanting to see that next week. Mm-hmm. Stay, tu- stay tuned on the results from that one as you're giving that to Arn. Let me put it out there like that for you. So, uh, but uh, Arn, you can't go wrong. But no, I thought I legitimately Hayes was good. It's always good to hear Arn, though. I mean, you make a good point. Uh, so, before we get out of here, I wanted to mention one other thing. I was, uh, I got an email from longtime patron, big supporter. Uh, I'm pulling up the email, Doc. It was about Pantom Printers. Harper's Rant, remember? Uh-oh. He says, Mike, by the way, Pantom is a client of my firm. I've been uh-huh. there. I've been to their headquarters a few times. And <laughs> yet, I still won't buy their products. Mm. And as I'm saying this, I probably should bleep out his name. <laughs> I don't want to get him in any trouble. Yeah, come on. So dude. You go. gotta take you gotta take care of folks there. Yeah, I'm gonna go go in and, and make sure his name isn't uh is uh bleeped out or just cut. Well that right there tells me all I need to know. He says I won't buy their products. The consultant that handles their account, he had that guy listen to Hopper's rant from the show. Mm-hmm. That guy was dying laughing at Hopper cutting a promo on Pantom. He got worked up, bro. Did he not? Well, it's frustrating when A, technology doesn't make your life easier like it's supposed to, and B, when it's your woman that's making your life more difficult. And we've talked about that. But in that case, God not didn't only did take it... that rib out of Adam's chest to to help us and make our lives easier. Oh boy. That comment. Lathered up a few folks. <laughs> uh, Hopper was frustrated, bro. There's no other way to say it, right? He was pissed. But anyway, I wanted to mention that. And um, he also said congrats on BTT's birthday month. So thank you, sir. I'll make sure I bleep out your name related to that. Okay, uh, Doc. One other thing. Hopper's video shout outs, relationship advice. He is, uh, you're probably hearing this uh, weeks down the road, but I know he was working on a few. So if you've been waiting, uh, maybe it's gotten to you by now, but he's uh, he's in the process of getting them going. But if you want a video from Hard Body Hopper, you, all you have to do is uh, email him, chrishopper16wildcat at gmail.com. That's chrishopper16wildcat at gmail.com. That's wildcat with a K. And then you can PayPal him, cc30388cc at yahoo.com. That is in the show description. You just can look in the show notes. As a reminder, it's not just a video shout out or pick me up for you. If you want him to cut a promo on someone you hate, love, whatever, you know, you, you hate your wife, you want him to cut a promo, he'll do that too for you. There's some Get him to cut a on promo our... on how much he hates doing the show with me. <laughs> we all know that not to be true. But anyway, so um, on that note, I think, uh, Doc, do we have anything else as we close out our Happy birthday episode? birthday. To us. Oh my God, that hurts my ears. You sing so bad. Happy birthday. Oh God, that hurts my birthday. ears so bad. Stop. What? You said something though when we were talking about birthday at the beginning of the show. Your that we deserved was, it. 
Oh, we deserve it. Oh, we, you, girl, you deserve this. You deserve. No, seriously. You said, how many shows make it seven years? And my comment was, not only how many shows make it seven years, but even the ones that do make it seven years, how many can say every single week through a pandemic, through vacations, through youth sports, through Hopper never being on time, through jumping through hoops, how many can say they had at least one show out, if not two episodes a week? How many shows can say that they did that for seven years straight? I'm listening. One. Two. I don't know if it's one, but I do know the list is very, very short. And that's my PSA for the day. So thank you. If you've supported us now and you've been one of those people like Chris Sapita and T-Hog that have gone through the ringer with us for seven years, thank you so much. If you came and joined along the way, even better. We appreciate it. Thank you for finding us and do us one more favor so that we can make it another seven years. Jesus, Lord, if we make it to that, oh, we we'll will. be in our mid-50s by then. If we make it another seven years, we'll only do it because you retweet this show on Twitter. You share it on Facebook, Instagram, whatever form of social media you're cranking to, like that clown Javorski. If you share it there when it's posted, that is how this show grows. Organic growth. Right, Doc? Digital platforms and all the things we probably hate. Those buzzwords. Year-over-year organic growth in adjacent markets. That's right. So the last thing I'll say is thank you to everyone out there who supported us before I mention our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast run by Joe Morata and Michael Quinn, the northern version of BTT, as they give their take on the northern side of things. Slightly classier, definitely more professional than this Outlaw Mud Show we run here, but thanks, Joe and Quinn, for all the plugs. And uh, give them a listen, and please support them. Uh, those they're in they're independents just like us they ain't signed to no network and they do it through hard work and they're not at seven years but they're getting close too so checking them out and also check out the bottom line cast with mike Pooh and jv as they uh cover their career of stone cold steve austin and uh, if you're a patron you know them from our patreon feed on the ecw show so thanks jv and mike Pooh. all right doc time to get out of here hopper's not here so would you like to hit the tagline Oh, absolutely. Uh, let's do, let's try something. Nah, fuck it. Book it, bitch. Oh,